Good morning. If, uh, if you're visiting, I'm Darren. I'm one of the pastors here as well, and uh, we're so excited that, uh, that you're here. Um, the Mission Summit next week, if you're thinking, well, I'm not a missionary, should I go? Do I? It's for goers and for senders. This it is. And we believe that if you are uh, in the body of Christ, uh, I think it was Spurgeon said you could either be a missionary or an imposter as a Christian. Um, but what he's really saying is you could be a goer or a sender. Uh, you could be both or you could be either. But as if you're a Jesus person, you cannot be neither. There is a place that we all fit in that. And so that's what that summit is for. Friday night is just a, a dinner to welcome back. And we're going to put a big map on the wall and Polaroid pictures of everybody that's been or sent whatever. And uh, so you get a, a good view of what's going on. And then uh, Saturday, we're going to do a little bit of an Enneagram training, which is going to be a lot of fun. So you can know why I'm as strange as I am. Um, but a time of prayer, and then that night, uh, it's going to be just worship and war stories, man. We're going to talk about what's happened in Guatemala. Some of your kids went on that trip. Uh, Michael Farron is one of my friends. He's going to be leading worship that night. Uh, then Sunday morning, the, uh, just a time of real worship and celebration. Um, how many of you were here last year when Grady Pickett and his family was with us? A few of you, right? Grady is from North, uh, well, he's from Michigan. He's a redneck. Uh, like straight up redneck, but he was a marine redneck, and Jesus called him to go to northern Iraq, and he's been there for seven years. And if you uh, if you want a good follow on Instagram, right? He's just like, here's a little live video of me walking through a, a tunnel in Mosul, like this morning. That's what we did this morning. We just went and. Well, but Jesus is doing big stuff through grace. They're going to be here this weekend as well. Uh, Pastor Lafleur from Haiti is going to be here, and we're just going to turn him and the Holy Spirit loose on you a little bit. Um, <laughs> So brace yourself. It's like a Gallagher. Remember Gallagher? The front row, you needed like plastic, but this will be more for the Holy Spirit because he'll just splash the Spirit all over you. And, uh, and then Robin and Amanda are going to be with us. That's one of the reasons we even planned it this summer was that, okay, in the summer, our missionaries, it's more likely that we can get them here. And so that's, that's this next weekend. Um, somebody said last year when they came in the door, they left after the weekend. They're like, you know, I was looking at this as just one more thing I got to do this week. And then left going, but this was way better than that. This was way deeper, way more profound. And so I, I dare you to show up to at least one of these. I know it's a busy time, uh, which brings me to part of the message that I think God has given. I want to share something that's on my heart with you. I'm going to invite Robin and Amanda to talk about that in a little bit. Uh, and this sort of sets us up for where we're headed in August as a church. But, you know, we spent this summer talking about being quenched by the Spirit. John chapter 4, when the woman at the well... Jesus said that water, living water, would, you'd never thirst again. And we talked about it earlier in the year that that thirst is the one thirst that humans across the world have. Animals don't have it. Trees don't have it. And no other living thing on the planet has this thirst. It's the thirst for meaning and for purpose. It just is. And we talked about Viktor Frankl saying from a Nazi concentration camp that the one thing that was the difference between those who survived and didn't in this side of heaven with their lives were if their lives had meaning or not. They could push through. They could, they could tolerate any how if they could only remember the why. And Frankel's right, but that's a human attempt at it too. Without the Holy Spirit, then your meaning becomes a moving target. And I think that to start the summer talking about being quenched in the Spirit, quenching your thirst August is going to be all about, oh, here's what happens when the spirit bubbles up over you and into those around you. But for ours to be reminded 
that it's not just about working and serving, and those are things that are examples of it, but the working and serving without the Holy Spirit being inside of you, being drenched all over you, is just an, a great opportunity for you to burn yourself out. Every fire is doing one thing, it's burning out. It needs more fuel to keep going, and that's the promise of the Holy Spirit. Because you might think, Darren, we started talking this year about breathing room, about you know, downshifting and making room in our lives for Jesus, and, and then you keep throwing all this stuff at us to do. <laughs> Maybe you didn't notice that. <laughs> like, great, Darren, I'm downshifting, but you just told me I gotta give my Friday night to a mission conference, or Darren, you know. And I would say to you that without the Holy Spirit, that all these opportunities, we're gonna parade an opportunity in, in front of you in a minute. That the Spirit, if the Spirit isn't leading you, then you will burn yourself out trying to, to pursue it. And that's, that's the purpose, that, that being filled with the Spirit is being filled with purpose. And if, if you've got your Bibles, would you go to the book of Genesis with me, Genesis 11? Because I wanted to show you because when I start talking about the Holy Spirit, I, I think a couple of reactions can happen. On the one hand, you go, you, some of you are thinking, oh no, oh no, 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 it's gonna be, ugh. It causes you convulsions almost. <laughs> like, oh, you're nervous about what I, <laughs> right? And then on the other hand, some of you are like, oh, thank God, it's about time. We're gonna be a charismatic church now. Some, and somewhere in the middle of that, is I believe where the Spirit wants us to be as a fellowship. But for us to understand what the purpose of the Holy Spirit was to begin with is extraordinarily helpful. He said, I'll give you the power of the Spirit to become the power to be my witnesses. Now, some of us thought that the power of the Spirit was for speaking, for whether it's speaking in tongues or whether it's prophesying, but it's, my point is, is that if you had a steam engine, Adrian is a, a fan of the trains, the steam in, in the train, in the older trains, could power the, the horn, right? You could, right? You, that's from the power of the steam. But if all I do is sit in the train station and honk the horn, I've missed the point of the steam. Do you follow me? There's a power that was much more. And in the, you see it in the Old Testament when the, old, the Holy Spirit came on Saul, when the Holy Spirit came on Daniel, when the Holy Spirit came on Gideon, when the Holy Spirit came on David. They were different than before when the Holy Spirit came on them. It's power to do something that he's called you to do. But to understand where we are today, you have to go back and look at the lens of history. Of, of where, I think you, the only way to understand Pentecost in Acts chapter two is to understand the scope History, present, and future. See, in Genesis 11, the Tower of Babel, do you remember the, power, the Tower of Babel? The, the, this Genesis 11, it says that, verse one, that the whole world had one language and a common speech, and as people moved eastward, they found a plain in Shinar and settled there. Population is being spread on the earth. And they become to be, they get unified. They're unified around one language, and then they become to get unified around this idea in verse four. Hey, let's build ourselves a city with a tower. It'll reach to the heavens. Why? So that we can make a name for ourselves. Exact opposite of worship. Worship is making a name for him. This is us making a name for us. And it's easy 
to throw rocks at Babel. But what is every Facebook page, every Twitter account is about us making a name for, it can be about making a name for ourselves. It's our tower that we put our name on. That's the whole quest right now. People getting on Instagram, I want to get a new follower so I can have a, a brand. The brand that, uh, you know, my brand is, I'm an Alec Baldwin knockoff uh, that, <laughs> we joked about it first service, but you know, there's somebody made a, a comment about David uh, Christopher looking like Bono. So imagine Alec Baldwin and Bono walking around North Africa and how confusing that must be <laughs> to everybody. But, but they're making a name for themselves by gathering around any other cause but God, any other cause but Christ. It's them, hey, we're gonna make a city, we're gonna figure this out, we're gonna rally the troops, we're gonna get focused on it, and what happened with them was division. God frustrated it purposefully. It was the first time that I know of in history that God said, I need to protect the earth from people. And to protect them, I'm gonna divide their language, I'm gonna divide them so that they can't unify because ultimately it leads in failure anyway. Right now in our country, not just our country by the way, this is happening around the world, in India, in Australia, in Europe, where countries are now uniting around one party or another. They're uniting around one name or another name and that name might have a tower with his name on it or it might not. But they're uniting around a name that is not Jesus. And if you think about it, you're young, you don't know this, but man, there was a day when we could actually sit around Gary's Cafe eating cinnamon rolls and co drinking coffee and talk about politics and not want to kill each other. There's a, there's a point where you could say something about a politics and they don't think that you're a hate speech or that you're, I mean, or that you're a crazy radical whatever, but, but listen, as long as we're uniting around anything but Jesus, division is the natural end of that. It just is. And so on that day, God divided their language and split, which is one of the greatest missionary strategies in history, by the way, divide and conquer, go to all these nations. Now at the end, in Revelation 21, in chapter 21 and 22, that this is the beginning when man, it's not just Adam and Eve, it's man himself uniting around a cause that's not God, it's not worshiping him, it's worshiping us, building a tower to him instead of him making a path to us. And in Revelation 22, it talks about the, the, the end of all of this, which is we will be united around with one language. We will be united around a tree, a tree that we have been forbidden from since Genesis chapter three is now the very tree that the leaves become for the healing of the nations. And we're united around that language and that healing and that cause. That's the way that it will be one day. And so in Acts chapter two, when the Holy Spirit came down on that day called Pentecost, which is, Pente just means 50, it was God's way of saying, it's the opposite of Babel. They came from every tribe, nation, they were all around. They were tradesmen, they were rich people, they were poor people. There were Galileans, there were Judeans, they spoke languages and they're all in one place, in one accord, Acts chapter two tells us. And that unity was not around overthrowing the Roman government. The unity was not around getting our guy to be the leader. The unity was around Jesus. And from that, the Holy Spirit fell and it says that looked like fire above them, and that they spoke in other tongues, but they understood each other. It was one language. 
It's the opposite of Babel. And it's a glimpse of where we're going one day that we will be united around a cause. There will be a day when we can have a conversation around a river in heaven where we're like, all are unified around this. My point in sharing all of this today is that when we go into this, Acts chapter two and verse 42, it goes on to talk about what happened. That this church, man, they, they, they fed people who were hungry. They took care of widows. They, they loved each other. They sold their stuff. They, and you know the only way that they could do that phrase that. The only way that they needed to do that was drenched in the spirit. Anything else is a commune. Anything else is communism. Anything else is man-made and anything else will divide and destroy. But united around Jesus, drenched in the spirit, you can do amazing things this side of heaven. And I share this, it's so important for us because we've just come out of the season. We're gonna talk again this morning about opportunities for us to serve. You have to listen to the spirit or you'll burn yourself out. My wife has been literally railroading a uh, project in Columbia, Tennessee and every night we're having these conversations about there's so much to do. And it seems overwhelming. How do we know where to stop? How do, at some point, how do I know there's only one way, and that's through the Holy Spirit. Rob and Amanda, we're going to share some of the stuff that's happening in their world right now. How do we know? How do I do this? There's, two, there's more need than there is me, which is why you've got to be led by the lead, not by the need. What is the Spirit saying to do? And to replenish that every day. And that's, I, I posted this a couple, maybe a week ago, because I was asking the question, what do you think, I decided on a church because a church that and dot, 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 and maybe some of you saw that and saw that there's 143 answers to a church that and none of them are the same. Which you can see how a pastor can go out of their mind, right? We gotta do this, we gotta do that, you're shooting at my feet, you know. But what if that's not the right question? A church that is the wrong question. The church who is the right answer, the right question. And when we start back and realize that a church isn't a what but a who, then we can go to Acts 2.42 and say, wow, it isn't about what I'm gonna get out of this, it's about what is God asking me to bring into it. A church is just a bunch of Jesus people getting together, acting like Jesus together. It's really pretty simple. My prayer for all of us, though, is that you wake up in the morning, you do what Jesus does, you withdraw and seek his will, the Holy Spirit, power of the Holy Spirit, to do what it is that he wants you to do today. Sarah, when you woke up and said yes to save families, you didn't have it all figured out, but you just, uh, today I'm gonna say yes to that. But you know, a year from now, you just have to continue that, being filled with the spirit with it because the need will overwhelm you. You'll drown in it. What I'm talking about is being quenched by the spirit, not squashed by the need. And with the power of that spirit, we have the opportunity to do that. And that opportunity this morning, I want to introduce you. Would, Robin Amanda, would you make Robin Amanda feel welcome? I want to share with you how this is a real life example of, of someone who said yes to the spirit and someone who continues to have to say yes to the spirit every single day. It was, Good morning, uh, Conduit. How many of you were around long enough to remember Rob and Amanda when they were like lived here and still part of the fellowship? A few of you, right? Woo-hoo. See, I've told you like there's a lot, a lot, Jesus, of a lot more faces. Jesus people, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. It's great to see everybody. 
smiling faces. They look yeah. really good. They really do. It's a handsome bunch. Yeah. Uh, uh, Rob and Amanda walked in today. I've spent a lot of time this year. I got to see them a couple times already. And so when they wandered in on Sunday morning, it just felt like, oh, Rob and Amanda are here for church. I'm like, oh, oh, Rob and Amanda are here for church. Uh, they were part of, from the, like, the very earliest days of Conduit. Uh, Rob headed up our setup team. With our, you guys, there's a trailer out back here. It's MAMU, the Mobile Assault Ministry Unit. And that was our ministry trailer for years, and Rob uh, oversaw that. Yeah, it was a great way to get exercise on our Sunday mornings. Man. We didn't have to go to the gym. We had it right here with us. Dude, I had to bring a change of clothes. On, <laughs> I swear, I would like give myself a sponge bath in the high school bathroom. And that's something I'll picture yes. you did not need. Um, <laughs> but, but bring like dry clothes, because I was damp. But the day... Oh, yeah. You'd wear one shirt to, to load right. in. My then, visor, my spirit visor. Yep, and um, then we'd load, uh, put a different shirt on to go to church. Yeah. And the day that they left, the day, that's how I know that it was Jesus, because the day that they moved, or it was their last Sunday here, they hadn't quite moved yet, was the, uh, the last day that we needed the trailer. Uh, so by the time we moved into this building, they had been sent out. So I was like, oh, Jesus, thank you. Uh, for that, and you know, watching Amanda walk in this morning and realizing that some of the worship team, Kim and Mo, uh, Keith, like they were, it's, she's, yes. oh, it just feels like home. Yes, yep. You know, so. Uh, it's old school, or can I say legends? Legends, yeah, because that means, that means Mo is old. So it's the you, legends. You guys moved to Guatemala three years ago. Yeah. Okay, you came on a trip. We just went on a trip. Anybody in here go to Guatemala with us this month? Woohoo! Just went to Guatemala, minding their own business, and Jesus interrupted and tapped them on the shoulder and they moved there a year later, a little more than a year. Eight months later. Eight 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 months later. Um, And that's where you are today. Correct. Um, And and in the past, we've talked about these statistics that are, isn't it, was it Stalin that said that one person being murdered is a tragedy and a million is just a statistic, the idea that you can dehumanize it? Because I've read these statistics before, that, you know, Guatemala uh, human rights Office reports that sexual abuse is rampant. Listen, is 89% are perpetrated by family members, a contributing factor to the rise in teen pregnancies, which is on the rise in Guatemala. That uh, Guatemala ranks third globally in killing of women. Um, there's a high amount of pregnancies between the age of 10 and 14, based upon that 89%. Has the highest rate of teenage pregnancy in Latin America, and it's on the rise. That's the world that you found yourself in. Correct, yeah. And it's easy to say a statistic and not, well, introduce us to Susie. Yeah, this is Susie. Uh, That's not her real name. We're not using her real name today, but uh, let me just tell you a little about her. She's in one of my computer classes. Uh, My background is 13 years in uh, software development uh, here in the state. But Susie, I go into the uh, Village of Hope. It's a children's home and um, teach their, their young adults, 12 to 19 year old, computer skills. Uh, but Susie is one of my students in there. Uh, she is... How old is Susie? She's 15. She has a just under two-year-old. Um, and that two-year-old, her, the father of that two-year-old is her dad, Susie's dad. Um, so she is a walking example of that statistic that you just read. Um, and so every day in that classroom, and we'll talk in a minute about what you guys are doing about it, because it's pretty, uh, it's practical and profound simultaneously. But with her life, she was she from a village? Yeah, she was from a village. She wasn't from the capital. Okay. Yeah, she's from outside the city. So you guys, rural area. You, you teenagers that went, remember we went into those villages and you guys were building houses out there. It would have been a village not unlike that. No running water, you know, probably no electricity. And so her father 
What would happen to her once they figured out she was pregnant? Like, what, would it, like what was her life? Um, somehow that would have gotten reported, and authorities came in in that situation. Now, that's not common. A lot of times that's not reported, and, and it goes undocumented. But in her case, it was documented, and authorities came in and removed wow. her, and, and she has a place now at Village of Hope. Wow. So she's 15. She's got a two-year-old. How many? Raise your hand if you're 15. Imagine, you, for two years now, you've been waking up at night feeding a baby and trying to, you know, you're trying to figure out why the internet doesn't work at the house, right? Like, Dad, it's not working. It's, or what's on YouTube uh, or Snapchat. Yeah, yeah, like, why is my Snapchat frozen? Um, and those are real problems, don't get me wrong. I, I'm not, I don't want to yeah. belittle your problems. Um, I mean, I kind of do. I kind of do. <laughs> a little bit. Um, but that's, like, there's no government program for her to fall no, back on. No, there's not. There's no... Thank um, God that the government rescued her from that, but then they're just like a conveyor belt to nowhere. Correct. And especially when it comes to adult women, which is where Amanda's been focusing, um, there is no government no, uh, help whatsoever. So, so speaking of that, like, Amanda, the, the violence against women, it ranks globally third, okay? There's 180-some countries in the world. Number three... And now think about, put this in your mind. This goes up against Pakistan and Afghanistan, countries, uh, Iraq, where there's violence on women on a regular basis, and they're third. And this is south of Mexico, the next country south of Mexico. So what do you do about that? So that statistic, you know, how about we do this? How about you introduce us to Wendy? So again, not using real names, but this is Wendy, um, and at, it's at El Refugio, the shelter that I'm working at right now, for trafficked and abused women. So I met her when she'd been there about eight or nine months, um, and so her backstory, they're all crazy, but this one's really out there. So um, she and her husband were living in a village, again, uh, had five children. Their oldest is pictured um, in the tan skirt, and she was 11, 12-ish, and one of their neighbors, I got it right this time, um, uh. one of their neighbors decided that he wanted her as his girlfriend or wife or whatever. So he took her from the family, had his way with her, and the parents were obviously frustrated and sad and, and mad at that. So they contacted the authorities, they contacted the police, the police removed her from... Um, that situation, which is also a, a not, a, not a common thing. Usually um, crimes don't go um, reported or solved. So they took her back. Well, the, the neighbor was not happy about that. So he comes back very angry, shoots and kills the, the husband, the dad. Sorry, the dad, her dad, um, <clears throat> as well as the two middle boys. Um, shoots the mom, Wendy, through the head, and she survives. So, and the whole time, the 12-year-old and the little ones are seeing this as well, um, thinking, and I'm sure she's thinking, you know, is this my fault because I didn't go with this guy, um, you know, stay with him, it's all my fault. But so at the shelter, what we're trying to do for these women is trying to provide them a safe place because if any of this family goes back to where they were from, they are, they'll be dead. They will be found and killed um, and it's not a pretty situation. And so the, on our hearts, that's just not okay. <laughs> yeah. Not okay. And you know why? Because it's not okay with Jesus, right? Yeah. We're looking, we're, we're aiming towards, we're remembering Eden and we're aiming for Revelation 21, but we're in between. 
And if you're a, a Jesus person, I mean, you can say, you, can't, you just can't be okay with that. Not if you're a follower of Jesus, you can't. And so you can become overwhelmed, which right now you're probably feeling a little like, well, this is heavy. I wish I'd have had a PG-13 warning for this. <laughs> what do we do with this? But, you, but us not knowing this um, is one thing, but now that you know it, what does the Spirit lead you to do about it? Because again, you could be overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed. I'm watching Rob teach computer skills. Now, he's, by the way, teaching 15-year-old Susie and 10 other kids stuff that I don't know how to do on Excel. I'm like, oh, God, I write that down. That's, so that's how you do that. Like, I didn't know that. And, and knowing in that room that there are f- five yeah. that have? Uh, there's 11 students in that school, and uh, five of them have kids of their own. Kids of their own. And they're yeah. all under the age of 18. There was one yeah. little girl that was 12. 12 years old had been abused. And all I know is this, that on this side of heaven, that if Jesus isn't okay with that, he could have chosen a thousand ways to, to interfere, with it. but he chose us, as imperfect as we are, to infuse our lives with meaning by being filled with the Spirit and to go and to do. So what are you guys doing about it, like right now? What's the, for Susie or for Wendy, like what's, it's, it's not just jobs, it's not just an altar call or a skit, it's just no, all. It's trying to give a, uh, a complete answer. And so we walk in there, sure, with a computer education, a computer training. Uh, but we also tie that with the gospel because they need to know what Jesus, first of all, who Jesus is. Um, they also need to know what Jesus, when he looks at them, what does he say? What does he say about them? How much he actually does love them. Yeah. And so we get to be those voices that communicate that. Um, we get to- and a voice and a presence. I was struck by this when I was there. Rob is not um, small. No. He's very tall, you know, he's like, my conversations with him. And Zach, by the way, are, my conversations are like this with his son, but... Can't find jeans in Guatemala either. <laughs> I can't, but anyway. Um, what's really funny is that, so Guatemalans as a people are, uh, a lot of them are s- smaller. Short, yeah. Little, little people. And it's fascinating to watch them next to Rob, because it's like comical almost. <laughs> it's like he looks like a giant among them. But, but my point is that, is not just to be funny, but they finally get to see a male figure in their life that wasn't meant to harm them, that has no intention of doing them harm. And that tells a Jesus story every time he walks into that room and walks out just loving them and not hurting them. It's one more marble in the Jesus ball. Okay, maybe I can trust again. Maybe I can be. Because you tell them, hey, your heavenly father loves you. They have, their, heaven, their earthly father harmed them. So how do you, there's this. Yeah, it means so much to be consistent. Yeah. To be consistently yeah. be there. And so you're going in there week after week and with, with the gospel. And I saw him, he's got his Bible out. I'm watching the class and there he's talking about Jesus. And then they get into the computers because it's these four pillars is what the Lord has sort of funneled them into, seeking the, the will of God and the spirit leading yep. them into these four pillars of what they're doing for, for Wendy, for Susie, for. Yeah. And really we didn't know what that looked like when we first moved down there. We were kind of like, uh, okay, maybe we'll build houses. Um, I may have put in one or two screws on couple of houses over the course of three years, but I don't think I've completed a full house. Um, and God's really just honed in our, our vision uh, to these kind of, f- these four pillars, uh, which are sharing the gospel. It's also involves an education and training. And then future, we're, we're trying to figure out ways we can get these girls jobs, these women jobs. What does that look like? We don't have all the answers. But God's been leading us down this path, and that's the journey. It's yeah. following his lead. And it doesn't always, you don't always see the next step. 
but that's where yeah. the Holy Spirit comes in, what you're talking yeah. about with him guiding us and leading Your us. Your next yes, yeah. Yep. And yep. it's, I mean, when you think about somebody like, you know, Susie at 15 years old, like, what is your hope for her? Like, if this goes, I know we're not very good at five-year plans because God has all kinds of plans, but, yeah. but in five years, she'll be 20. She'll have a six-year-old. What's your hope for her? I mean, I'd love to see her standing on her own two feet. What that means is being able to provide for her and her little one, um, just in being able to give her a safe place to live, to grow up, um, to provide the clothes and the food that she needs, to put her in school, a school that she can learn well from. Um, yeah. and, and walking and, close with the Lord. And then yeah. giving that to her kids. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Kid, yeah, because if you think about kid. it, yeah. for her, you're in a developing nation. There are jobs there. That's one thing about Guatemala. True. There's some development happening. Yep. But it's not like, I mean, Ashley started her job at Sonic last night. So if you're at the Highway 96 Sonic, be very nice to my daughter. Um, but she went out and she made, uh, she put an application in and got a job and started like just a couple of days later. I mean, that's in America, that's what we're used to. It's easy. She could put in a thousand applications. Yeah, and she doesn't have the community network that most of us have. You know, think about how you got your first job. Most likely it was through a connection that your parents had or somebody in your community. She doesn't have that. Her home, her life is within the four walls of the orphanage, the children's home. Yeah. And so how does she find work? How does she make those connections? So if she comes out the other side and maybe she is now fluent in English, she knows Excel spreadsheet, like Yep. And she think about worried. this, next time you get mad when the, the person on the other line is reading a script to you from the, the customer support, you know, and you're mad at them. Not, I, I would never do this myself, of course, but, <laughs> but others do. And, but think about it, it might be a Susie somewhere. It might be a Wendy, that that was their way out. And the hope is that we can give them, you know what, I hope, I hope one day I call a customer support and Susie makes me mad. Because she's just reading the script. She's trying to figure it out. Like that's the hope or that, you know, the, the gig economy right now. I mean, you know, Jeff, you work in the technical field a lot. Like the gig economy of hiring people to do QA stuff online. Uh, someone puts a bid in somewhere. One of these kids going up and they know how to do, you know, quality assurance for a website or whatever, which is what Rob did when he was here. What a gift that you can give them to work. Yeah, I'd love for him to answer that phone call. There's call yeah. centers all over Guatemala City. And yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good paying job for them if we can get them yes. plugged into that. Yeah, because in, you know, in America, so $7 an hour for Sonic is like, I'm thinking, dear God, I only made like $3 an hour. I'm sounding like my dad. Um, <laughs> but for them, the kind of money that the reason the companies are doing that is because, it, you know, and what I, I, like, I get it. I want to save jobs for America. What, I get it. But when I put a Jesus lens on it and it gives, an ang it gives a path forward for Susie or, I mean, a Wendy, she's an adult now. Maybe she could never get there, but she sure got a, she got a daughter that we could do. And, and as far as for the shelter, um, they're teaching women how to make jewelry, and those women get paid for making those jewelry pieces. And then those jewelry pieces are sold back here to the States to different organizations. Yeah. And so those women are learning a trade. And most likely, we'll find computer training in there too, so we'll see how that plays out. And this is a long play. I mean, feeding kids, and it's, it's ever, there's important things all along the way for us, right? Mm -hmm. Feeding programs are important. Building houses are important. All these things are important. Yeah. It's just like the body of Christ. I mean, we all have different skill sets, different yeah. callings that the Lord's given us. Some he's, go, he's yeah. called us into the business world, and we are to shine our light brightly uh, in yeah. that business world. And others are called to stand up here on the platform and share the, wor uh, the word. Others are called to go different places. And yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter 
what your skill set is. God's not wasting what he put into you. He's not wasting that. Yeah, that's so true. And for you guys, I mean, it's, I remember when we first had our conversation and you were telling me what was going on, but was it like that, did God, so you talk about a calling of God in your life. Is it, did God just call you? And say, hey, would you go to Guatemala? How, I think it was a series of, of yeses. Um, for us, it started, um, boy, I could argue that it started even younger than in my youth. But <laughs> for, for the conversation of Guatemala, I would say it started for us uh, sponsoring a young boy in Togo, Africa um, through uh, mentor leaders. That was, a, that was a starting point for us. And then that spurred a conversation, hey, maybe we should go to Togo and, and meet this young boy that we're sponsoring. And then we started looking at the price of taking all of our family over there to meet. We're like, boy, that, how are we going to do that? And then David presented the opportunity to go to Guatemala. And so we started talking about that. And um, Amanda said, why don't we try that? And so we, that's what we ended up doing. We went on a mission trip in 2013. And... Um, we said yes to that, and um, we came home from that, and we continued to talk about it. Uh, you want to jump in at all? or Okay. Um, but uh, we came home from that, and we continued to talk about it. It continued to come up in our conversations. Um, Eli continued to pray for a buddy of his that he met one time uh, in one of the villages. Um, Fernando, yes, thank you. Uh, and then uh, Zach came home from school like the first week and talked about wanting to be back in Guatemala. And we we're like, okay, you're our, you're our consistent kid. You're the one that doesn't like change, and you're wanting to go back to Guatemala. Hmm. We sat in small group with Mo and the rest of the small group at that time, and, and this was mid-August, and we're still talking about it a month and a half, almost two months after our trip. And Mo asked us a very pointed question. Why are you guys still talking about it? Everybody else stopped talking about Guatemala, but you guys haven't. Why is that? And so we started really digging into that and uh, talked with, at that time, uh, Russ and Angela Rankin, who were part of Conduit. They were missionaries to the Philippines. No, Thailand, excuse me. Thailand um, earlier in their life, and we started unpacking that. And we yeah. It was just, just kept saying yes. Kept saying yes. And I think yeah. that that was what I really was struck by is that it, just give the next right yes. I mean, just yes. Um, it's Greg Murtha 101. <laughs> just say yes. There's no better, I think his exact words were, if you, you know, just saying yes to Jesus. This is a huge adventure. If you can find a better deal than that, then sign me up. And that means saying yes to, did God ask you to pray for this person? Did God say in this person in the grocery store to walk up and pray for them? Or did God ask you to you know, reach out to your spouse because it's not going well? You're the first one that should reach out. The next yes is really all we have. We don't even get promised tomorrow. So the next yes is the one this afternoon and the one on the way home. And the, but those, you string enough yeses together. <laughs> it's called the obedience to Jesus and it's, uh, it's absolutely remarkable, and I say that because in our lives right now, God isn't going to call everybody to go. He just doesn't. If he did, we'd all, there would be, just do the math in your mind. You understand? If everybody's supposed to go, there'd be nobody here, okay? So we can say, okay, that actually doesn't make any sense. But to start with the idea that you can be goers and you can be senders. You can be both. You can be either. You can't be neither. There's just one or the other. You get to be, and that's the invitation that we always give here. And why I started with the Holy Spirit is why we're going to end with the Holy Spirit. We're going to keep going with that is that you have to just listen to the leading of the Spirit. Because 
Rob and Amanda get to go say yes again. They're going to we'll be here next weekend, and by August, they'll be back in Guatemala. Correct. So that for them to continue to say yes, we need some more of us to say yes. So, so many of you right now are already saying yes, and you've, you've uh, helped them financially uh, month to month, and it's, it's been a blessing for their family. Um, they're serving alongside their boys. And so so many of you have already said yes. Um, And maybe some more of you today, God's gonna ask you to say yes. Um, Tell us what it is, like, in front of you right now, financially, that your needs are. uh, Like, what do you, some of us need to say yes. Some of us, maybe God's, like, stirring at our hearts right now. I wish I could get a part of this, but it just feels so overwhelming. Like, bite sizes for us. Like, what are some, like, specific bite size needs that you're facing? Well, first of all, with me saying yes to the shelter, that means no to the school that I've been working at for a couple of years with the boys, um, which means no to discount education for the boys. So that is a huge yes, um, and I'm thrilled. I'm so, so, so excited to be working with these women um, and trying to get them back on their feet and trying to get them a safe place and some um, just good education and that kind of thing. Um, but right now, we're really we're lacking in the funding for education for the boys. Um, there's Guatemalan schools, but even the Guatemalans would probably tell you they're not great. So we have them in a, in a missionary school where they can speak English and they can also take Spanish and they can, they can do biology and all kinds of fun stuff. So yeah. that's a huge um, burden on us right now. So you're facing that. You're facing, um, and by the way, Zach and Eli are here this morning. God is, it's awesome what he's doing on those boys. I mean, watching Eli negotiate with somebody in the marketplace, if you're looking, when they said a good deal on a machete at a market, that's what he's talking about. Eli will, can do that, but he can manufacture tears. <laughs> and what's cool is even in them, like God is blessing. Imagine, I mean, you know, Zach's got this idea and this hope and this calling to go be in the medical field one day. He's about to be a bilingual kid who can go in and, you know, that's, you're gifted for a future, man. That's awesome for what you're learning right now. It might just feel like I'm learning Spanish and working, but God is putting you into a position to do things, and you too. Um, tell us what... Someone has 50 bucks today, they feel like God is tagging on them, or maybe God is saying, hey, I want to be a part of this for a future thing. Mm-hmm. What are specific things that, are on, that you guys are doing that we could help you with? Yeah, there's some specific examples. Um, we use a web platform uh, in our training, uh, and that runs us $20 a month to cover that cost. That comes out of our budget, our personal budget. That's an easy, that's an easy place where you can step in and help. Um, another aspect is we use educational software. And uh, $40 a month would cover that on a monthly basis. Um, what else do I have up there? Uh, $250 a month in fuel, running to the different places that we go to teach or going to the shelter. Uh, those are real costs. Um, it does take gas to get there. Um, yeah, that's like almost $3,000 a year just to get back and forth to the shelters. And, True. You know, that's a real yep. money. Yep. Did I do that math right? Someone, okay, sorry. Yeah. That is not my strong suit. So. <laughs> Um, if you want to get involved in the shelter specifically, uh, you know, it takes money to provide services for these women that come in. Um, it takes $90 to feed uh, the woman and then her kids for the month. Or there's uh, medical costs, medical and dental. Uh, that runs $50 a month. So those are just some real world examples of how you can get involved. Those are real needs that we have. Um, so, yeah. And the only thing I would ask of all of us is, what is the Spirit saying? That's it. That's can, I, it. can I speak to that? And yeah. I mean, you guys, you, we're all here in this together. We're, we're walking this road of faith, and it's a journey. And uh, for us, at the end of the day, 
it's nothing more than if the Holy Spirit's ta tipping or tapping you on the shoulder, that's awesome. If he's not on this, that's awesome as well. So I just want to put that out there because yeah. it's really about what the Holy Spirit's leading. I used to have a pastor that would say, because, you know, remember the old televangelists? Well, they'd say, actually, maybe the current ones for all I know. Um, if, if we don't get this money in, we're going to go off the air. We're going to, you know. Um, the pastor I was with would say, uh, if, we did, if the money didn't come in, then God was trying to tell us something. <laughs> like, he's just speaking to us. So there's no, it's like, this church, this isn't my church. This is Jesus' church. And as long as he keeps funding it, then we'll keep going. And the minute he stops, well, we're done. Yeah, and this um, is Jesus' call to us. And exactly. The, and Jesus will continue to fund it as he, as he sees fit. Yeah, as long as you, he keeps yep. funding, you guys can keep going. Exactly. And so my, my only question this morning is, if, you've, if you're part of that, and you think, hey, you know what, I'd like to be a part, I'd like to see what Jesus wants from me. This morning, I just we're going to pray for Rob and Amanda, and as I pray for them, I'd ask you to pray. And I can look around this room and see people that I know have already been radically generous to Rob and Amanda, and I know that they would thank you right now, and they would actually because they've got anyway. Um, and there are just a few, maybe a few more of you that maybe God wants to tap you on the shoulder for that. I would just ask that you listen. And there's a couple ways to do that. One is you could actually uh, sign up online. Now, keeping in mind, this is I challenge you on this. If you sign up online to donate once a month and it just comes out of your bank account, make yourself a note and discipline yourself to as that auto pay is the best and worst thing to ever happen to the body of Christ. Because it, you know, you can just do it, but then it becomes like a light bill, and you, you know, you just this is holy. Like the what you've done is holy. So discipline in your, put a discipline in your life to be praying that day that that comes out, God bless this as I invest this into what you're doing in your kingdom. Pray for Rob and Amanda, because it is holy. It is a thing, so I challenge you to do that if you sign up monthly. Some of you just today, maybe God just put on your heart, we're gonna have offering buckets on either side between the two handsome models in the back, TJ and Ryan. On either side, there's two buckets. If the Lord puts something on your heart, uh, just make it out to conduit and put uh, Juilliard in the memo line, Amy. Put Juilliard in the memo line. Uh, and if you want to go online, you, conduitchurch.com, you could donate there uh, as well under a Juilliard tab. Um, and I, I would say this to everybody as we stand to pray, whatever the Lord calls you to do, the only thing I ask you is just say yes to it. Just keep your yes on the table. God might be tapping some of you on the shoulder and say, hey, I, I, this is actually interesting. And by the way, not everybody that goes to Guatemala gets called to go to Guatemala full time. So you don't have to be scared of that. Um, my friend Phil told me his parents moved next, uh, across the, said, yeah, my parents are actually scared living next to you because they're afraid you're going to make them go on a mission trip. <laughs> Which I guess if there's a reputation, I'll take that one. I mean, of all the, of all the bad, <laughs> bad reputations I could get, I've had worse in my life. So, um, you know, just, but if God's tapping you on the shoulder to go, David is here this morning. Uh, we go every year. TJ has a thing. Oh, that's right. Thank you, TJ. Uh, you want to actually lead with that? Because I don't want to explain it wrong. We have coffee for sale that we brought our favorite roast um, for $12 a bag. Thank you, Vanna. And then we also have um, cups for our current uh, team members, our current partners, that we'd love to give you a cup. So if you're, um, if you're currently donating already, you get a complimentary coffee. Absolutely. And everybody else who signs up today that would love to support us, um, you're more than welcome to take a cup as a gift, and we thank you very much for that. Um, and we also would love to get to know you more. If you want to, I know we've got a couple meetings set up this morning, and that's awesome. So for this, this week is pretty much kind of still empty. So if you're interested in getting to know us more, or you want us to, you want to hear more about Guatemala, we'd love to get together with you. Um, so and these guys aren't high pressure. Too. This isn't like you're going to get hit with an Amway thing. Like you, <laughs> you are. 
that sounded wrong. Um, it's more of a question answer time. Yeah, just, just, say, just get to get know to them. Him, yeah. And if you're a current family that is sponsoring, try to make some time as well so you can feel like you've gotten to know them even more. Because it's, and uh, you know what the best thing to do is just go with us and go hang out with them because you get to see it in real life. But Yeah. And also on the Facebook conduit site, there's a picture of us in a crazy, hanging our heads out of a car. And on the bottom of that is a link to um, a sign-up sheet to for dates and times. So I would love, love yeah. to get to hang out with you. Yeah. So. And that's a super practical way to get figured out because I'm, I'm so bad. I mean, Jeff actually knows this. Like, I'll get into a text thing and plan and something, and the next thing I know, it's like three days later and uh, trying to find a date. So they just put it out there and open, so you can just, if this is open for you, then it's open for them, and it just makes it easier for you. So does this make sense? Let's pray. Jesus, thank you, thank you, thank you. This morning, we say yes to you. I, I say yes to you, Lord. Whatever is in front of us today as we leave today, Lord, is it just yes to be the first spouse to apologize? Is it yes to, uh, to parent our children differently? Is it yes to respect my parents differently? Is it whatever the yes is of the Spirit, that's what we want to say yes to this morning. Some of us, it's yes to jumping on board with Rob and Amanda. Some of it's yes to continuing with it, to yes to Wendy and yes to Susie and to the countless others that we get to say yes to there. But for all of us, may the Spirit come upon us. May we not have Pentecost without the Spirit, that Neo-Babel will fall. And for us, it isn't about us rising up to you, Jesus. It's about you coming down to us. Thank you for that gift and that picture for us. And I pray, Lord, that we would just be drenched with your Spirit this week drenched as we drive, drenched as we work, as we whatever, that we're just constantly looking for the next yes for you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen, amen.